Thank you for joining the Late But On Time podcast. This is a podcast discussing everything from parenting to politics and a few things in between. Brought to you by the SGT Collective. On tonight's podcast with your host, Corey Sargent, and we have a special guest, a very special guest, by the name of Kate S. Morgan. Sure. So my name is Hope. For some of you that don't know, middle name is Chanel. Let's spell S H A N E L. Last name is Morgan. And I am a wife, a mom, a stylist, a friend, a mentor, and I am thinking about getting into children's work. So again, children's. Where I'm thinking about designing um, children's clothing specifically for little boys. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. Because there is hardly anything for little boys. Don't even get me started. <laughs> and shout out, shout out to my baby daddy. Yeah, my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question for you, what made you want to jump into that? I feel like fashion called me. I feel like I didn't necessarily want to jump into it. My mom always um, told me my first words were shoes, believe it or not. So I kind of felt like fashion was always there. I remember in um, like middle school and junior high school, I never wanted to like repeat an outfit. So I had a journal and I would write down what I wore and then I um, made sure like I didn't wear the same outfit the following week, but I, you know, maybe repeated my outfit once a month. And then as I got older, I was really curious about um, like retail and how the psychology of fashion and um, thinking about getting into design. I applied to FIT twice and they didn't accept me. So uh, I was a little crushed, but I kept going. But all in and all. Uh, I did like retail for 10 years. So I've always been in the fashion field. Of course, I tiptoed and I was like, oh, I want to do the t- interior design. Or, oh, I want to do jewelry. Oh, I want to cook with my sister. But fashion always called me. I didn't necessarily like call it. So like, and I hope I don't because um, I do know people need to pay the bills and they need to do what they have to do. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always admired the fact that you have been driven you are a stylist, uh-huh. and you have, like, a repertoire, a fashion week, you are working, and I just feel like there's so many people that I know personally that talk that know, that want to, that want to get into fashion, and they want to break into that industry, but they, if, if they hear a no, then that's the end of the road for them. Or if they hear a no, it's like, well, I tried, and that's mm-hmm. it. But you have been... Um, steadfast in trying to different avenues, like not being afraid to run a child. You have a blog. You talk about, you know, you make yourself vulnerable in the blog. And I just feel like not enough people push to, to continue to try. Like just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, your dream may not have worked out that first time doesn't mean that it's over. And mm-hmm. I just, if you could talk a little bit about your, your journey from um, styling, in styling, I'd love to hear. So, ironically, I was reading Vive magazine. For those of you that remember Vive magazine, June Ambrose was inside of the magazine. 
And I pointed to her and I was like, I'm going to intern for her. And I said it out loud and I am a big fan of putting things into the atmosphere. So um, at the time, I always believed in like carrying your resume and your portfolio. So, and my parents know this story. One day I cut class (laughs) and I had my resume and I had my portfolio and the guy I was dating at the time, we both were into fashion. And he was like, let's cut. We were in college. And he was like, let's cut class and like hang out on Fifth Avenue. And I was like, sure. And we were hanging out on Fifth Avenue. And we went into the Louis Vuitton store. And um, we didn't take the elevator. But we were like walking around. And we were in the men. I never forget it. We were in the men's shoe department. And who's sitting on the couch picking out shoes? June Ambrose. And wow. I, almost, <laughs> I almost passed. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's her. That's her. And he was like, what are you talking about? So I had the Vive magazine in my bag and I turned to, and I was like, that's her. That's her. That's her. And he was like, go talk to her. And I was like, no way, no way. He was like, give me the magazine. And he went over and talked to her. And she was like, yeah, I was checking out her outfit. I think her outfit is really cute. I got to die right then and there. The fact that <laughs> was checking me out and looking at my outfit so she was like come over and I introduced myself and she asked me and this one like carrying your resume was like a big deal she said you know well do you have a resume I said of course I have a resume and I had a resume on resume paper and I had a cover letter on cover letter on you know resume paper and she took my resume and her assistant took my resume and her assistant gave me her card and she was like give me a call and I I just stood there. I couldn't believe it because I had just said, I'm going to intern for June Ambrose. I gave them a call. And two weeks later, I got an interview. And the office was a mess. And it was a wreck. And I felt like this was another test. She had me wait for two hours. The interview was supposed to have been at a certain time. Was that to see if you really wanted it? Yes. And uh, I didn't know that she wasn't there. They told me, oh, you know, she's in a meeting. She's coming right out. Two hours later, June walks in the office with shopping bags. And she's like, oh, I had an interview. And I was looking around like, oh, they need me. She didn't know she had an interview. They had me wait for two hours. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if they were testing me. But um she looked at me she looked at my resume she asked me why fashion she told me that her uh middle her daughter's middle name was hope so i was already in she just wanted to know what i was all about so i interned for um a number of years and yes i got to meet jay-z and yes i got to meet beyonce this was the beginning of their relationship and i must say it was the best experience i've ever had I did intern. I did not get paid. It was very hard. Um, I wasn't working. My dad told me don't do the internship because it wasn't paid. And my mother was the one that pushed me and said, don't worry about money. So there were days when, um, you know, all I had was breakfast. All I had was lunch. Luckily, my mom always told me, make sure you carry snack. So I always had a granola bar. I always had water. But I remember, like, walking from... Saks Fifth Avenue to like 10th Avenue and I had on Abercrombie and Fitch flip-flops and my flip-flops broke and I couldn't afford to buy any flip-flops. So 
So I had to figure it out. So I had to duct tape my flip flops and bring those suits because those suits in the garment that I wore for Jay-Z. And I, that was like my first experience of this is going to be hard, but if you can make it through this, you can make it through anything. And that's how I got started. You mentioned uh, people saying no. First of all, I wasn't even supposed to be born. The doctors told my parents that they would never have children. So my life, I was already destined. There was already a call for me to go through stuff. And I always felt like everybody gets things so easy. But I, I have to work for what I want. And, you know, going through the fashion industry, it was hard. I started a fashion styling agency or a firm, and it didn't work. I was making money at one point, and then I wasn't. I quit the job that I had, you know, went out on a limb, and I was making nothing. And then it was busy again. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I always figured it out. Staying in retail when you're in fashion, it helps because it keeps you within the fashion industry. You do get to meet that people. And there are times when I just walked around Saks and, you know, see what was out. Window shop Madison Avenue. When it was the thing back then, that was the thing to do, to hang around in the fashion district and check out people and just stare around and watch people now maybe not so much because we have social media but i still i feel like having that connection and actually meeting people and being around people mm-hmm. like of course social media does, has done wonderful things yes. for every industry in my opinion mm-hmm. but i feel like it doesn't take away from the fact that i do not excuse <clears throat> me that day um you exactly. might not have seen Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like uh, I'm not saying y'all skip school. I'm not saying it. <laughs> what I am saying is Don't like, get out there school. and meet people, shake hands. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not school. <laughs> but no, I just feel like there is something to um, meeting people, shaking hands, and, mm-hmm. and face-to-face experiences. And I feel like some some of our, like the current generation is missing out on because everything is so heavily pushed towards social media and swipe left, swipe right. Yeah. And uh, there's one thing I always I, well, I used to say a while ago, but I say it sporadically. I would rather be influential or influence rather than famous. Yes. Because, yes, you can be famous, but it doesn't mean that thing. Now, the people like Robert Smith, who just dropped $48 million on Morehouse College, mm-hmm. that is a man that he's not famous, mm-hmm. but he's influential. Mm-hmm. People often understand it's not always the case. Yes. But your internship, and we talk about internships, um, internships are important. And would you tell anybody to uh, it's hard now because of the way that the economy is. Um, back then, it was the thing to do, and it helped with getting your foot in the door, and you weren't paid um, to a certain degree. I feel like this generation is a little bit spoiled because now they're like, I want an internship, and I want to get paid. And I get it because a lot of these internships are jobs. This is someone's actual job and they couldn't find the right person to do the job. So they post this as an internship. There's one young lady who used to be an editor and now she's a book writer and she is looking for interns. She's in the community. She's African-American. 
And she's looking for interns. And what she wants these interns to do, I'm like, oh my goodness. And she's not giving them a dime. So yes, I still believe in internships, but I think now, it being 2019, I do think that internships need to be paid. Now, they can be paid a weekly stipend. They can be paid in college credit. And let's not do like one college credit a semester. How about like give someone the amount of college credit as if they're taking a class, which is three to four credit. If not, then you know, give them something because it's really hard out there. And at one point, I did have to cut back interning with June Ambrose because I need to get a job because I need to take because <laughs> I needed to pay books because I wasn't getting the money from her and the clients that she had was like, hey, where is Hope? They started asking for me, so she was like, hey, wait a minute, I have to pay her because if this rapper is asking for Hope and she's not here. That's a problem. So I definitely think that internships are needed. I just think that they need to be paid. And I always vow to have internships when I have one to have it paid. It has to be paid. You have to give children, you have to give these kids something. It has to be paid. I hope you didn't hear anyone in the background. So, so I, it was a perfect segue. I was so ready. It's, it's okay because we got the disclaimer on our podcast. This episode is you will hear kids. So, that was the perfect segment. <laughs> it was, it was the perfect segment. So, you powerful testimony. Mm-hmm. Powerful testimony. And we don't have to get into it unless you would like to. Sure. But what I, I, I would want to ask I always is, um, Huh? I will always share my story with anyone. Yes. Okay, so I would first like to hear. I would, I would first love to hear your testimony because I just feel like there are so many people. I have mentioned you by name and told people to go find you on Instagram <laughs> because I know that there are so many people who are struggling and they are they may lose hope. And I said, listen, I have my name hope who has a powerful testimony, and I'm gonna stop building it up. But I mean, it really is that amazing. On and um, I just I wanted to uh, first actually to tell a little bit about your testimony and then I have a follow up question. Okay. So my husband and I got married in two thousand nine, and then about two and a half, three years into our marriage, we um, decided that we wanted to start or try having children, and I got off of birth control, and I did get pregnant maybe about six months later, but then I had an ectopic pregnancy. And then I uh, got the surgery for it. I lost half of a fallopian tube. I got pregnant again, and then I lost a full fallopian tube. I then found out that I had fibroids, which is which is prevalent in the African American community. So I had um, fibroid surgery. They wound up finding thirty three fibroids, and I was told that my uterus was upside down. Doctors didn't know how I was surviving my menstrual cycle. Um, I was having really, really, really like heavy menstrual cycles. I couldn't go to work. Um, I was bleeding through my clothing. It was it was bad, and they just couldn't figure out why. They thought maybe the fibroid surgery would stop it. So after the fibroid surgery, um, I just decided I don't know. I was like, maybe this is just God's plan. We talked about adopting and having foster children but uh, 
during the five-year struggle, my husband, he suggested IVF. And I was totally against it. I've heard of IVF. I've heard what it does to a woman's body and what she has to do through her body. And I was against it. Uh, I, you learn in marriage earlier on that you have to compromise. But my thing was, you're not going through this at all. So I'm not compromising. You're not having shots. You're not having pills. You're not having patches. You're not going through hormones. You're not going crazy. You're not going through any of this. I'm not doing this. But God spoke to me and was like, hey, 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 wait a minute. Trust me. And I was like, no. <laughs> I literally was like, I ain't trusting you. I trust you, but I don't trust you. And he was like, you know, how dare you look at your life and look at your story? So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I was like, all right, fine. And we went through IVF. And the first procedure was an IUI. And I lost it. I was like, I cannot do this. Not only is it very expensive, and I get down to, if people ask me how much it is, I tell exactly how much it is. I'll tell you one thing. I had to take a patch. I had to buy a patch. And it was $300. And this is like the cigarette patches that people wear. One of those patches was like $300. I had to get a shot. One of the shots, the doctor was like, okay, the shot is $600. How are you going to pay it? And I said, excuse me? And I was being funny and I was like, oh, can I do the installments? And he was like, no, you you want to, you have to take the shot within these two hours and it's $600. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we had to take that, or I had to take that shot five times. So $600 times five. You do the math. So all in all, uh, we did three IUI procedures and then we did two IVF procedures and Yes, I did get pregnant, and yes, we had the baby, but it was it was traumatic. It was hard. It was hard. The first thing I should have did was I should have went to therapy. Like, I should have did a support group. I, I was lucky enough to have friends and to have family. But I highly recommend getting a psychiatric evaluation because I had suicide thoughts. The medicine makes you go crazy. I felt like I was here, but I wasn't here. Like I was watching myself go through this. My sleep pattern changed. My hair was falling out. It's a lot. And it's a lot of things that they don't tell you. The main thing is you want to have children, take this patch, take this drug, you know, do this, do that. But they don't tell you, you may go crazy. They don't tell you, you may bleed during this process. They may tell you, you don't want to have sex with your husband. Or they may tell you, all you want to do is have sex with your husband. You know, I started drinking coffee. I never was a coffee person. But during IVF, I like, I wanted like coffee. And like the smell of Clorox wipes was something that, you know, you have like these crazy cravings. So Hope S. Morgan left a a powerful testimony about her walk in fashion and her walk as a mother or becoming a mother. And um, you heard a brief snippet of it, but due to technical difficulties, we lost about 16 minutes of the conversation where we uh, dived in a little bit deeper about mental health and just going to therapy. Therapy is very important, especially in the black community. But um, right now you'll hear it pick up from, the last question or the last segment 
of the podcast. Once again, we are sorry about that, but we will definitely have Hope S. Morgan back on to talk a little bit more about her life and just parenting, politics, and a few things in between. Thank you. So, Hope, um, to thank you for being a, a, a joining the podcast tonight. And um, my last question, not the last question, but my last question is, if you were a superhero, what superhero would you be? Wow. I don't think I've ever had an accident. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> a superhero. Um what's the what's the um okay I I've seen like X-Men, so don't kill me, Corey. <laughs> so I know like what Are you what's, talking about Storm? what's the black lady name? You're talking about Storm. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. So yes, I would be Storm. She's uh, Why? she's an African queen because she's black. She's an African queen, and she was married to yes. Black Panther, aka yes. uh, T'Challa. So that is an awesome, uh, yes, uh, awesome character. That but, is um, why I would be because I <laughs> love hey, that's right. everything that comes with it, the good and the bad. So that's what superhero yes. I would be, and she can always. She creates storms, but she can always weather the storm. Hey. That's something that, as black women, that's that we first do. lady of uh, the, the church of, of Morgan. <laughs> we create storms, but we can weather any storm. Yeah. Look true, at Harriet true. Tubman. Look at Rosa Parks. Look at Oprah. Look at Kamala Harris. True, true. I'm sad that she dropped out. Me, me too. She, we're not the only one, she, but exactly, it, it's great what she did. But um, I'm going to call this title so fresh and so clean, um, because you are the dope title, <laughs> and you are always so fresh and so, so clean. clean. Um, but once again, this is your host Corey Sargent and Donna Sargent, and we are happy to have the guest of Hope. S. Morgan. So you can uh, follow Hope on Instagram at Hope. Give him your handle. The Hopeful Stylist. And uh, your website is? My website is thehopefulstylechronicles.com And once again, Hope, thank you for joining the podcast. We do appreciate you. You're welcome.